Welcome to the Mindset Meets Money podcast, where money makes sense. We provide tactical advice to help high-income earners make logical decisions with their money. We are here at the table with the doctor, Jason Heller. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, man. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good to see you. Going, going good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. Uh, what bias are we talking about today? So we're going to talk about mental accounting. So uh, mental accounting is the idea that people will treat dollars differently based off of where they've come from or where they've been placed. So meaning where your income came from, if you got a random check or something like that versus um, maybe in your paycheck. And then mm-hmm. uh, when you say placed, what do you mean placed? So people will put money in certain areas. So a savings account, a, a, a checking account, they're, they're, they're different, right? You put money in your investment account versus your checking account. You'll have a different view on how to treat that money, even though consistent theoretically money is fungible meaning it's all the same a dollar is a dollar no matter where you place it no matter where it came from yep. but by placing it in different uh, uh areas you, can, you mentally account for its value in a different way got it so like i put it in a savings account at a bank i forgot about all of a sudden i see a statement and there's you know an extra five thousand dollars there i didn't expect and yep. then you're like whoa i yep. forgot about this this is like extra money. You'll Found spend money. that five grand differently sure. than you would elsewhere. So, so the, the classic example is a tax refund. Yep. Right? So you get a tax refund at the end of the year. Let, let's use your example, $5,000. A lot of people will go and spend that money in a frivolous manner, way more frivolously than they would if they earned that money through their paycheck and, and you know received it. So um, uh, again, the idea is money's fungible, right? $5,000 that you just got back from the government, that's still your money. The idea that uh, uh, you can spend it more frivolously because it didn't come from hard work and getting it through your paycheck and saving it is ridiculous. It's kind of like when you're, if you're gambling or you're at the casinos and you end up going up a mm-hmm. couple thousand bucks, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I got a couple thousand dollars to lose. Mm-hmm. But if you had to actually work for those few thousand bucks, sure, you would never just say, oh, I want to go spend it ridiculously or just worry about blowing it before I leave a table. So that's the other really good example, right? So let's say you do so. Theoretically, if you do go gambling, whatever you bring in your to, to play with, you should be comfortable losing, right? But once you do go up, if you're lucky enough, so say you're playing blackjack, you start with a thousand bucks. Now all of a sudden you have three thousand dollars. You'll see people will start betting in significantly higher amounts because they've got money to burn at this stage. It's still three thousand dollars, right? The idea uh, they they would treat they treat that money. I don't want to say this because it's going to sound awful. Less respectfully than they would if they earned three thousand dollars out of their own paycheck. My father would tell this to me when, about gambling. He's like, you got to keep betting the same amounts no matter how much you go up. Don't go betting bigger afterwards because that was a bet you were comfortable with. You're, you're either chasing, you know, because you're down and trying to get back to even or you're you're playing with money that is I found that all that makes it is just I lose the money slower. I still lose it all. By betting the same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah sounds about right. Yeah, that's true. So, so it's called mental accounting. Why is it that individuals um, decide to look at money differently like that? And as you've seen it with clients and working with clients, how do you see this play into them making poor decisions with their money? So uh, like a lot of the biases that we've talked about before, this one is a, a two-way street in that there are some positives that that come with mental accounting. There's some negatives that come with mental accounting. So uh, negatively, uh, when clients, when people uh, hold dollars as sacred, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, they put money into a savings account. 
It's in a savings account, low yielding you know, until recently when the Fed moved interest rates up, but low yielding. They won't touch that money despite having significant credit card debt at really high interest rates. The smart play, the efficient play <laughs> is to take that, take that money that's yielding nothing, pay off those high interest credit card debt, and, and you're in a better financial position. Um, so you're, if you're getting 3% in savings account or 5% in savings account and you're paying 17% on a credit card, why would you want to be paying 17% interest exactly. when you have money getting 5% interest? It, Your better it, return exactly. is paying off that credit card, but they don't want to see their savings go down. It, exactly. The, uh, the other one is, and and I'll, I'll be first tell you I'm guilty of this. Um, you ever have uh, uh, the the Christmas fund or the, or the, the change account? Yep. Uh, you know, in your closet, right? So I used to do this thing, it was really stupid. I used to do this thing um, where when I would come home, if there was a one or a five in my wallet, I would take it out and I would just throw it in a shoebox. And, you know, over years, that money would accumulate and you know, I'd go on vacation with it or something like that. But that money would sit in that shoebox for years before it accumulated enough to go on a decent vacation. That could have been even in a savings account earning something at that point in time, but I never took it out of the shoebox. Because to me, that was vacation money and I wasn't going to do that. Right. Inefficient, irrational behavior, right? So those are the negatives. The positives come with placement, right? So uh, you put money into your investment account or your 401k or you know something that, that's got a purpose behind it. You're less likely to spend it on anything except for that purpose, right? I'm less likely to raid my investment account or my kids' 529 plans or my 401k account for anything other than what it was set out to do. So there's, there's kind of pluses and minuses. It's a two-way street, like a lot of the biases we talk about. Yep. That makes sense to me. And so is, if you're sitting there as an investor and you want to try to make sure you're not um, having one of these biases affect you and start making poor decisions and you don't want this mental accountant to say, okay, this bucket's for this or this bucket's for that. How do you, how do you become aware enough or what questions you should be asking yourself to make sure that you're not allowing that to make you make poor decisions. So ever since I stopped doing the shoebox $1, deal, what got me out of doing that was asking myself, is this the most efficient use of these dollars? Now, the answer was no. Sitting money in a shoebox is not efficient. It's, 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 it's stupid. Uh, so what I, I didn't stop doing that. But what I did was I would transfer those dollars into a savings account. At, you know, at the end of the week or the end of the month or whatever it was, I, I mean, I still kind of do it, but um, now I'm actually earning something on that. So I asked, you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now the most efficient use of these dollars? And if the answer is no, you're caught up in that bias and you should change, you should reframe how you do things. Yeah, and you can even use it in a positive sense though, too. If you know that mental accounting actually works. So for example, I think the retirement accounts are a good example. People don't want to touch their 401k or their Roth. They know that that's already set aside with that. How can you be able to use that same concept with mental accounting? So it might be a matter of, all right, I'm going to open up this savings account, another bank, and that savings account is for my next home or the mm-hmm. vacation home I want. Yep. And you have a certain amount of dollars that goes there every month with your dollar cost averaging over to there on a monthly basis. Then you know that money at this bank is my house money. And then you know not to touch that and you kind of work it in your favor to do yep. that. Then opposed to in your savings account that you could tap into that you might see all the time in that app, it's actually money that you don't see that's kind of put somewhere else away from you. So I, so I do exactly that. So I have an online bank account. I'm not going to say the name of the bank, but I have an online bank account. They do this thing called bucketing where they, they understand this bias. And so they actually help you with it. And so you can create 
theoretical buckets inside of your account and say, this is for my taxes, this is for my property insurance, this is for my vacation. And you can direct when you deposit money or they deposit interest into that account, you can direct which bucket it goes to. And when emergencies pop up or opportunities pop up, I'm less likely to go and raid any of those other accounts because I know that they're set aside for a reason. I know if I've got money set aside for my quarterly taxes, I'm no no more than 90 days away from having to fork that money over. So I'm less likely to to go and do that. If it was all in one pool in my checking account, I I, I can't say that I wouldn't be uh, 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 more apt to, to pull that money and go to take that opportunity. No, I love that. I love the idea that you're using technology almost to gamify how you're managing your savings. Yeah. I I think the harder part goes that tax refund example where when you get money you don't expect, Mm -hmm. and we see this a lot with clients with inheritances. Um, Obviously, you see it with lottery winners where they spend the money right away um, on something and they end up in the same financial situation three, five, seven years later. Um, what might be a, uh, a mindset shift that somebody would need so they don't have that to happen where they got extra money they didn't expect, or maybe it was a check, you know, from something they overpaid and they got an extra couple thousand back and they didn't expect it. And they want to go spend it somewhere else because it was free money. Right. So, so the lottery winner thing is, is, is a, is a really difficult uh, thing, uh, because, those, those people, they don't end up in the same financial position they were three to five years later. They end up in a much worse financial situation because they had all the money in the world. They blew it all and now they got debts and it's, it, they filed bankruptcy. It's, it's ridiculous. But the found money situation, the tax return, the, the, um, there's an extra thousand bucks. I, I got $1,100 tax refund the other day. I had no idea what it was for, but it was totally unexpected. I'm not going to say no to it. You know, I don't think we pay enough in taxes as it is. I was happy to get it, yeah. but, um, I actually had to, to fight with myself, you know, knowing what I know, I still had to say to myself, I right, don't go, don't go piss this away. Let's go put this to better use. And so I, I think the idea is um, you have to almost fight against whatever base emotional reaction you're going to have to that found money and go back to the concept of fungibility. And it's a funny word, but it's the idea that a dollar is a dollar. doesn't matter where it came from or, or, or how it was earned or where it's placed. It's still a dollar. And so, you know, if you're uh, in order to have good financial sense, it doesn't matter that you have found money as opposed to earn money. It's still money and you have to treat it as such. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good note to end on is the fact that a dollar is a dollar and you have to treat all new money you have coming in is money you worked for and earned. And just because you didn't work for that money, that dollar is still the same dollar you worked for that you want towards your goals. And it probably, that should be separated as you would your income. If you save 30% of what you make or 50% of what you make, then do the exact same thing there and then spend the other money how you would typically spend it. That's a great idea. Yep. So, well, mental accounting, hopefully you can realize how to identify it, what it is, and how to be able to change your approach when you realize you could be doing either positively or negatively. Subscribe on your favorite streaming platform if you haven't already. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, why not spread the knowledge? Share it with a colleague who can use a dose of insight. Just shoot them a quick text or email with the episode link. Together, let's unlock more valuable insights in the next episode.